It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Seeking Witchcraft. It's me, Ashley. If you are interested in witchcraft, you've probably heard the word coven being thrown around before. You may have even wondered yourself how to find one. Well, today on Seeking Witchcraft, I have on a special guest, Sai, who is the owner of the Mandragora Magica website. We'll be talking about the website capabilities, general information on what you may find on there, and much, much more. So to start, thank you so much, Sai, for coming on. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate that. So my name is Sai. I started Mandragora Magic uh, many years ago now, a couple of years, it seems. And um, it's been a real journey. So I'm happy to share it with you. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and kind of how you ended up here? Yeah. So, well, I'm, let me start with my generic background, which is I'm a graphic designer. I've been a graphic designer for, I don't know, 20 plus years now. So that's kind of uh, what started this particular project. But I've also been a Gardnerian witch for the same amount of time, basically. Um, as I also practice a couple of other traditions as well. But for the most part, that is who I am as a person. So my background as a graphic designer really comes into play with the way that I started this project, which really, in the very beginning, was really just a way for me to show my art. So I started Mandragora Magica because it had nothing to do with the pagan community necessarily. It just had to do with me sharing my art. Um, I wasn't trying to create this network, which is what it has become. I was just trying to show my art and try to create a website because I didn't have one and I it wasn't my background originally. My background was mostly in print design. So I was like, I really want to learn how to build websites. So I just started doing it. Um, and, and that's kind of how things progressed. So as I was building this website, um, Witchbox, which is also known as the Witch's Voice, um, they made a notice in December um, of 2019 saying that they were going to absolve the website, which got everybody riled up because it had been the way that people had found covens for 23 plus years. Um, you know, everybody knew their name and everybody knew how to find the site. So if you type in finding a coven in Google, you were brought to the witch's voice. You know, everybody knew that. Um, so when they said this, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's going to be really terrible for people because how are seekers going to find groups? And so a lot of coven leaders started discussing this uh, on social media and they were all worried. They're all like, well, how's anybody going to find us? Because we don't have any web presence and we don't really know how to have a web presence. And they weren't sure how this was going to play out for them. And social media does a lot of that for them, but they also were, were scared about losing witch bites because so many of their seekers had found them through that website. So I initially was like, oh, well, I have this website and I've gotten really good at this and I'm a graphic designer. I should be able to help 
And so I started like toy with the idea of using my website to get the ball rolling and try to list some site or list some covens. And so I got kind of excited about doing that without thinking about too much about it. And I was like, oh, I'll list your covens. Uh, and I just, I didn't put a whole lot of forethought into it. Uh, but that's kind of how things got rolling to where they are today. Yeah, you know, I guess one of the first questions we probably should have addressed or mentioned was, uh, what exactly is Mandragora Magica? <laughs> so I guess I can I can pass that ball to you. So how would you define the site now, com especially compared to, you know, it wasn't originally used for that. Um, so yeah, how would you how would you explain the site now if somebody were to come along it or didn't know anything about it? Well, now it's a, a pagan and witch network. But like I said, originally, I'm a huge plant person. Like, I'm really into plants. I grow mandrakes. I grow all kinds of poisonous plants and carnivorous plants. It's like my thing. Um, so I'm really into that sort of stuff. And that's why Mandragora Magica got its name. Because like I said, originally, it was really just about uh, my interest in plants and art and um, paganism and witchcraft. So that's really where it all started. So it, the name Mandragora Magica just was adopted um, into this now, what it's become, Pagan Network. It's a way for people to find covens and um, witchcraft media and blogs. So we, we have a lot going on now. Do you find that there's any particular sections of your site that are hit more than others? I mean, I'd imagine it'd probably be the how to find a coven, but <laughs> it I could be wrong about that. No, you're not wrong. It is. I mean, that's how people find it because, I mean, it really is about finding a coven more so than anything else um, because most of the people that have blogs or um, any of the media sections of the site, um, those sites kind of fulfill <laughs> the, you know, the searching for that type of information. So, you know, we just have it all condensed in one spot, which is great. But we also list like uh, stores. So let's say you're going on vacation to Missouri and you want to see if there's any uh, witchy owned stores there. You can look at the website and see if anybody has listed and you'll be able to find them and visit them while you're um, on vacation or whatever. Uh, so that's always a nice thing as well. Is there anything that you don't list on the site? Yes. Well, we don't list personals, um, which I do get a lot of people trying to list personals because that was something that Witchbox did. Um, and it's not the purpose of our site at all. We don't really, it's definitely not for that purpose. So we have people that come to me wanting to put their personal profiles on there so that they can meet uh, another witch in town or something. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's really not the purpose of us. We, we really want people that have existing covens or ones that are forming uh, or meetups or anything like that. Um, that's really the, the purpose of the site. So you mentioned meetups. Would you say that there is a difference of the site of people accessing what's on here versus using something like meetup.com? I know, I think pre-pandemic, meetup.com was a little bit more popular. And for people who don't know what that is, it's a website where people post events that are happening around them of I don't know, you, you can like join these different groups and see what events they're happening. And, and they have all different types of topics. And one of them was obviously witchcraft, uh, depending on the city that you're in. I joined Meetup, but I never went to their meetings. I don't know, the website seemed kind of disorganized to me. And I, I didn't really know what I was going to get into. So I just never did it. 
Right. No, I mean, I had tried it too um, because I thought it was a good idea, like on paper, but it really was not organized very well. And I don't think people were using it there very well, but people do have, instead of, you know, you know, not all covens or all groups or all leaders do things the same way. So sometimes uh, a meetup is just a nice place where people, oh, we're going to be at this pub. You can come over and meet us and chat us up. Um, in a public situation, which is nice. Um, so some people do it that way. And then they don't list, oh, this is such and such coven and we're, we're accepting students. They don't do it that way. They, they just say, oh, we'll be here on this day at this time. And if you want to come and meet us, you're more than welcome. So something else that we don't list on the site is we don't list things for children or even really teens. We try to avoid it at all costs. Um, the reason being, and I know that uh, Witchbox did list stuff for teens, um, and th I have let a couple do it that seemed to be like okay, but I'm trying to avoid letting people do that. And the reason being is just because I feel like there are better resources for children out there because, you know, this is an adult run site, and, you know, most covens are not going to want to talk to a seeker until they're, not, I shouldn't say won't talk, but won't accept them as a student um, until they're at least 18 and most probably 21. Because, you know, there is a little imbibement of wine sometimes. There's, you know, reasons for all of this. But, you know, for teens and children, I would try to push them to go to Spiral Scouts and look at Spiral Scouts and have their guardian um, look into those resources for them. Um, because they're more prepared to have these pagan activities for children and families um, and that sort of thing. So I don't know all of these people that list on my site. I try my hardest to uh, navigate, and if I see something that looks a little fishy, I don't list it. So I have had, unfortunately, some things that kind of crossed me as like, this just doesn't seem kosher, so I'm not going to list this site. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes your red flags do go up. So I try to avoid that. But Spiral Scouts is a really great place um, for children and even young teens that want to create a group um, under their guardians. Uh, and they can create these really cool like little outings. And so I suggest that you go to SpiralScouts.org um, and look into that. So you actually bring up a really good point about um, about the types of groups that are on the list. That is something I definitely want to get to a little later. But um, going back to the Spiral Scouts. So my understanding of what the Spiral Scouts are, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it's pretty much like a Girl Scouts or Eagle Scouts type thing, but for pagan children, correct? Well, Earth-centered, you know. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily pagan. It doesn't have to be, but you're allowed to, like, make, like, a little troop, you know. Um, so, yes, it's very much like Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts, but it's kind of pagan-esque or so Earth-centered. So, you know, they do little field trips and, um, you know, talk about how to protect the environment and that sort of thing. So it, it is fabulous for uh, young children to get involved with. Um, and because you're allowed, the guardian is allowed to... Uh, form the group, they can kind of form it the way they want to. So if it has more of a pagan flavor, then that's that's up to them. I will say as somebody who was in Girl Scouts growing up, I think I would have preferred <laughs> the Spiral Scouts and not so much Girl Scouts because I didn't even go on the camping trip. Like I just sold cookies and I have this one vivid memory of being outside of a Kmart. Remember those? Like I don't even think those exist anymore, but being outside of a Kmart selling cookies for with my troop and 
this woman walked by us and she, I don't want to say made the sign of a cross, but she, cause that's like on your body, but she took her two index fingers and made a cross towards us and kept walking by. Meanwhile, we were in like elementary school and this woman just like making a cross at us walking by as if we were like demons or something. And she was doing an exorcism or whatever. And that was just the strangest thing. And now as an adult, I still think of that sometimes. And I'm like, what, what was this woman doing to us? We were like small children. And it was, was kind of weird. Um, anyway, those, that's my memory of Girl Scouts. I think I would have preferred something else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I, the, from what I understand about it, I mean, listen, I don't have children, but, uh, from what I understand, it's a, it's a great organization and it's safe, you know, it's safe for children to get involved because there are leaders there and there it's an, you know, if they're under this umbrella, uh, there's somebody that's paying attention. So, I think it's a great organization and for parents out there that want to get involved and, and create these little troops of uh, pagan kids or earth centered kids. Like I, I think it's a great thing for them to get involved with and create these. I, I want more of these people to put their, if they're more pagan uh, groups forming, I would love to have more of them, have, you know, put their stuff on the website. Yeah. And I think one of the, um, sorry, just going back one more thing for Spire Scouts. I'm pretty sure that they, are not gender based, which is pretty cool. No, it seems like no, I don't think that they do that. It's it's just everybody, so uh, they don't they don't discriminate. Uh, but yeah, so going back to the website, so you mentioned uh, different resources. So I know that you have a lot of things on this website. Um, could you go through what somebody might find going on here? Yeah, so we don't list just covens. Um, under our resources tab, we list all kinds of stuff, like for, like I mentioned earlier, the witch-owned businesses. So if you're on vacation, you can find a place that, to go visit. Um, but also we list pagan festivals, pagan media, like podcasts and YouTube channels. Um, uh, we even have books and that sort of thing. So we just try to be well-rounded, but I also have a blog on there. Um, the blog is mostly my writing. I'm trying to open it up to other people that want to blog about things. Um, but I, I've been a little skeptical of doing it, but I, I'm possibly opening it up for other people to be able to blog on there as, um, you know, authors of their own material. Um, if anybody's interested in doing that, they can contact me through the website, but I do have my own blog on there. So one of the blogs that I wrote is about finding a, a coven and, and how to do that and kind of the red flags to look for and different things to think about as you're going through that process, which is probably my, my biggest hit blog for this website. It makes sense. Um, but there is a bunch of other stuff that I'm interested in there <laughs> on there as well. Do you have any advice for somebody who may have not read the, the blog on how to find a coven or how to email coven, just some like quick tips of, Hey, these are things you should or should not do. Well, yeah, for sure. And I do list this on the site. So when you go to the website, you'll see them there. But one of the biggest things is introduce yourself. Uh, you know, you don't go on there and say, hey, I want to join your group. That is not the thing to do. <laughs> go on there and introduce yourself. You have an email, go ahead and write out an email about who you are, what you're interested in, what's drawing you to the craft, what's drawing you to this particular group. Um, and ask questions of the leaders and of, of that particular group if you want to. Um, you know, open up the conversation. So to engage the people that you're, you're emailing, um, don't ask for spells, you know, that's, a, that's another thing I get a lot of. So I think that those are the most important things. Tell the person why you're interested in joining their, their group, because 
when you join a coven, you're joining a, somebody's family in a way, their spiritual family, you know, so you want to introduce yourself in a way that kind of explains who you are. Tell, tell them a little bit about yourself and, and what has drawn you to the craft. It's, it's important for them to kind of understand you right off the bat, and you'll get a better response that way. If you go on there and say, hey, can I join your group? I'm so-and-so, and I live in your area. You're probably not going to get a response back, or they're not going to be super anxious. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've definitely gotten some secret emails where it'll be like, I want to join your group. When do you meet? And that's the entire email. Like, there's no name. I, I will say something like uh, sent from my iPhone or like, you know, like, like no name, no real contact information except for pressing reply, no introduction. And I'm like, oh, OK. I mean, I don't you could like potentially be like a really awesome fit for our coven. But, you know, your email is essentially your first impression. And if if I don't even know your name, you know, like it's going to be hard for me to assess you as a potential student, uh, let alone somebody who I would feel comfortable joining my coven. Because as you, you put it in a very, uh, very good way that, yeah, I mean, this is joining a family and um, I, I want to know at least the person's name. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That's well, interesting. I don't think I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to I want to join a coven and I will, we'll, we'll go meet and we'll, you know, dance around and under the full moon and blah, blah, blah. And but no, that's not that's not all it is, because you have they have to think that they're walking into somebody's home in most cases. Um, and, you know, when you invite somebody into your home and ask them to join your spiritual family, that's not really huge steps, <laughs> you know? So it's important that you really reach out to people and really get all that information straight up front. So I always say too, um, you know, it's up to the seeker to, it's not all on the seeker, it's on the, the um, potential leaders or uh, coven leaders, uh, teachers of the group or whatever, but it's a give and take between both of them. So, you know, it's, people are always talking and saying, oh, well, you know, the leaders are going to suss out these um, seekers and we don't really want this person or want that person, blah, 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 blah. But it's also up to the seeker to find out who the best teacher for them is and to interview several if they want to you know if there are several leaders in your group or in your area you should talk to all of them you know you're really looking for people that are really going to resonate with you and and find a home that you're actually going to be able to grow in yeah that that's so important you know with seekers i i always say a lot that you know we are interviewing seekers but seekers should also be interviewing us to see if we're a good fit for them because you know our coven might not be the best fit for somebody, but the coven um, an hour away might be a much better fit. And sometimes seekers can get, um, they might not know how to approach something in the sense of a tradition, because while, for example, I follow one tradition and let's say there's a coven two hours away that they also follow the same tradition. Um, it could be hard sometimes to understand how, why my coven might feel so incredibly different than the other coven, but it comes down to leadership styles, you know, personality. Do you guys have the same humor? Do you like the same things? It's almost kind of like dating in a way. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, one of the very first things I ask all, anybody that approaches me particularly, I always say, you know, are, 
are you a prude? <laughs> are you prudish? Do you consider yourself to be prudish? Because if they do consider themselves to be a little prudish, they're not going to be a good fit for my group because it's so against my personality <laughs> to be that way. And the other students that I have, you know, the other people that are part of the group, we just don't work that way. So it's one of the first things I ask and other people might ask other things, but that's one of the things that I ask right off the bat. That's a good question. Maybe I should add that to my questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Cool. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some other topics, such as how covens are vouched on the site, how to report groups, some conversations about inclusivity and more. So stay tuned. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, welcome back. So I think one of the things that we were going to talk about next are how are these groups vouched on this site? You know, if a seeker has a bad experience, how do they report it? So like, what does that process kind of look like from okay. start to end? So let me do a couple things here. So I don't do any vouching period on my site. So I really wanted to model this off of the same way that Witchbox did it, which is they didn't. So if you wanted to list, you were allowed to list. And I did this on purpose because first of all, like, I don't have the time. I am one human being on this on this planet. I'm trying to build this entire website. I've got jobs. I've got family. I've got all these things to do. And I'm only this one person. So I don't have time to uh, reach out to people and find out, um, you know, if they're properly vouched for or I, I just it's just not possible um, for me to do that on my own. So what I do is I knew that there could be problems, you know, once I once I actually started doing this and getting my feet wet with it, I was like, oh, I foresee this being an issue and I foresee that being an issue. So I started to recognize things right away um, that there were going to be some problems um, with particular groups or, or whatever the case may be. So what I did is I set up my own rules. So I do have a disclaimer on the site um, and those were kind of my rules that I kind of set for myself. So that I knew how I would handle um, situations that might arise. And I give myself the liberty to be able to change and edit that today. You know, it's not uh, set in stone or anything. I, I change it and I edit it as, as I continue on because new things arise and <laughs> new problems come up. And I'm like, oh, how am I going to deal with this particular situation? So. Um, if you look at the website, there is something under that tab that says find a group that uh, is a disclaimer. And under that disclaimer, it's a disclaimer also for seekers, um, but also for people that are using the site to list their uh, covens or groups. 
And uh, one of the things, I mean, there's a ton of stuff on there and it's kind of long and lengthy to read, but I'm trying to cover as many of my bases as I possibly can. So when it comes to vouching, I don't vouch, but there are places that do. So one of the things that um, I did that I think is really important for uh, some of the larger traditions that exist out there for the Gardnerian tradition and the Alexandrian tradition, which are two of the largest uh, Wiccan traditions out there. Um, lots of people have their covens listed on my site, but I can't say for sure who they are because I don't know a lot of those people. So what I have done is there is a link on there that says, um, I think it says by tradition. Uh, let me see. It says covens by tradition or groups by tradition. And if they click on that link, then it will bring you to a page that has the Gardnerian Wicca Seekers and Initiates group on Facebook. And it also has the Alexandrian Wicca Seekers and Initiates group on Facebook. Now, those two groups um, are large groups. You know, there's over 6,000 people on the Gardnerian Wicca Seekers and Initiates group. That one is particularly good. And those moderators go through a lot of effort to make sure that all of those groups that list their covens are vouched for and good people. Um, and, and that's a really good resource. So if you are interested in one of those traditions like Gardnerian or Alexandrian, then those are really good groups to get on um, before you reach out to the necessarily, even the groups that are listed on my website, you can find a group on my website and say, oh, let me go on to the Facebook group and see um, if they are also listed there. And if they are, then you will know that that's a good group to reach out to um, and that those leaders are legitimate and have good standing within the community. Yeah, I also want to add that there is a chance that, or if you find that there is a group listed on this website that, um, let's say it's a Gardnerian or Alexandrian and you're looking at the Seekers group, if they are not listed on the Facebook page, you can email the admins and ask them about the group. There could be a variety of reasons. One of them could be that they are a Fraudnerian or a fake Gardnerian group, um, using Gardnerian as an example. The second could be that they're just not listed on the secret page. Maybe they don't have a Facebook group. Um, maybe they're a little bit old school with technology and they're listed in one place and that's the only place. Third reason is that there could be a good reason of why they are not listed in the broader community. They might have had issues with the community that ostracized them, <laughs> I should say. Um, this could be for a variety of reasons, but generally the groups that are listed on the secret pages they are vouched embedded as being good groups and reputable groups to join. Sometimes there's people not listed on there because, you know, not every person's a great person and that there's no exception to that in witchcraft, just like there's no exception to that in real life. And uh, sometimes you gotta, you know, make sure you can keep seekers safe. I'll put it that way. Absolutely. And I think that that was my main goal is, you know, I'm trying to keep as many people safe as possible. So you know, I've had three groups removed from my site um, for various reasons. One of the reasons was uh, there was a sexual abuse issue. Um, that a seeker came to me and said, uh, you know, this happened to me in this particular group. I don't feel like this particular leader is safe. And I said, okay, then that's a good reason to remove this person. Um, and I had lengthy conversations about this. 
Um, and I did reaching out. I talked to other people about it. I, it wasn't an easy decision to make because, you know, anybody could say anything about a leader. Like they, you know, they could just be in an argument and he, they could come to me and try to just get their site removed and, or get their uh, profile removed. I try not to get too involved with that sort of thing. But if somebody comes to me and, and, and tells me what's going on um, and has legitimate fears for possible other seekers falling into the same situation that they may have, um, I will have to take action on that because I can't in all good conscience <laughs> let that happen um, from my site. You know, uh, that's just not good. The other ones were uh, somebody was saying that they were a tradition that they were not part of. Um, I usually try to reach out to the person and find out if they're doing that by accident. It's usually not a nefarious reason. It's usually from lack of knowledge. You know, oh, I was totally influenced by Gerald Gardner and so I'm Gardnerian, you know, and that's not the way it works. But so things like that do happen, obviously, but I will try to reach out to people if it comes to my attention, but somebody has to bring it to my attention first. Um, and the other one was, oh, it was racism. They were, it was obvious that they were part of a racist uh, group and I have absolutely no tolerance for that. And they are removed and it was easy to verify. So, but again, all of this came from seekers that were part of these people's groups that came to me and said, firsthand information, this is what happened. This is who this person is. Um, and I don't feel that it's safe for this person to be listed on your site because of this reason. And I have very honest conversations with these people about it. And, um, you know, I take action when it's necessary. Try not to get involved in too much gossip about things because I just don't have time for it. But when it's necessary, you have to take action. Definitely. And if anybody listening or anybody in the future, and I hope this never happens, but, you know, it's nice to work, good to be prepared. If anybody were to ever come across something like or an incident like that and they need, felt that they needed to report it to you, how could they do that or what's the best way to do that? The best way to do that is just to go on to the contact us on that site and contact me through the website or they can find me on Facebook. They can reach out to me on my Facebook page, um, which is just Mandragora Magica, and they can get a hold of me there through there as well. All right. Well, on to another topic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have, hopefully, you know, hopefully that that never happens to anybody. But, um, you know, it, it's it's nice to know that if anything does go down, there is contact information there. I would say as a seeker, you know, use your best judgment when you're reaching out to groups. Not everybody is who they, they say they are. And if you have an opportunity to vet a group for their standing in the community, I highly recommend doing it. Absolutely. And that's why I'm totally suggesting going onto those Facebook groups. If, if you can find a social media group to, to vet people before you meet with them, that, that's a fantastic way of getting some insider information. Yeah. And don't feel bad about doing it. A lot of covens will heavily encourage that you vet them. And if they're kind of hesitant about you vetting them or they tell you not to do it, then, you know, if you have the option, like if it's a gardener or an Alexandrian group, for example, and you can reach out to the admins in those groups. Yeah. If the coven you're with or training with is kind of against that, um, that, that that's a red flag. And you should ask yourself, why are they doing that? And you should definitely vet them anyway. And even if you really like the coven that you're with, I would still say, feel free to reach out to the admins of those pages and ask you know, is this coven in good standing within the community? Are they a reputable 
haven't or they say who they are. I encourage all of my students that I've had to please reach out to the admins. I'm like, go for it. <laughs> like, please check my credentials of, uh, you know, being a valid initiate and running a, a coven. Like, I welcome you to do it. So don't feel awkward about it. A lot of coven leaders are probably very encouraging to do it. Yeah, you're not breaking any rules as a seeker to do that. It is encouraged. Um, you know, you you want to know who you're going into their home, you know, and you want to know that the community supports those people. For sure, for sure. Okay, so one thing related to covens was about inclusivity for seekers and groups using this site. And so I know that on your website, on your disclaimer portion of here, you have a whole thing about a special note to minorities. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about that and, and what you're doing on the site to you know be more inclusive. Yeah, well, I mean, our, the site is run. It's gay owned and gay operated. I am a gay man. <laughs> so we, you know, we encourage inclusivity um, on for all of the groups that list on our site. We know that that doesn't always happen. And I, I can't uh, force people to put that information into their profiles, but we do encourage everybody that puts a profile onto our site to talk about their level of inclusivity. You know, it sucks that we have to do that at all. We, we would assume that everybody would be welcome but that's not always the case. So I, I do that. I, I encourage everybody to do that. I have it on the form. Are you inclusive? When people fill out the form to put their profile onto the site. Um, and I do that because I want to bring it to their attention to, to place it there. It's important that, you know, seekers that are from minority groups will feel the group that they're reaching out to is going to accept them. And, and not be prejudiced. When I was reaching out to my coven for the very first time, I think within the first couple of sentences, I told them that I was a gay man. And I said, is that okay? <laughs> Which is crazy, but it's true because I wanted to know uh, beforehand that I was not gonna be walking into their house and then I'd get turned away at the last second. So, you know, and I don't want other seekers to go through that. So I think it's important that seekers, when they are talking to uh, possible leaders or, or possible um, teachers, that they talk about how they feel about those things. And, and if they are part of one of those minority groups, to talk to those leaders very soon in their conversations about their minority status and how they will be able to participate in their groups yeah. And, you know, I think on or at a coven leader perspective of people who are posting on these sites who with their groups, I think that, it, yeah, I think it's it's incredibly important to let seekers know um, to the best of your ability. And, you know, in the little bios that we do have on here, you know, that you are inclusive in your group. If you are a group that is not inclusive, well, that sucks. Uh, like, you know, every group is their own. But yeah, I think that on one aspect that coven leaders should be posting this uh, when they're, you know, posting these listings for their group to let their potential students know that, hey, we are accepting of all ethnicities, all races, all sexuality, orientations, like everything. I've seen different listings and I've noticed as the years have gone on that people are definitely more willing to put those things in their bio. And I hope that we get to a point where people are just much more upfront about it. Absolutely. I mean, it needs to be one of the first things you say, I think. I think it's super important. Um, yeah. And it's going to give seekers um, a feeling of security knowing that when they reach out to uh, possible leaders. Yeah. And if you're a seeker and you see that there's a group that you're interested in speaking to that 
does not have this sort of information in their listing, please ask them. Don't be scared to ask your leaders these questions. Like first thing, do. first thing, first thing, talk, talk about it immediately. Um, you know, it, it's so important because you don't want to put yourself in a situation um, where you show up to have a meeting with somebody and, and it doesn't go well because of something like that. And should that happen, please let me know if it comes from my side. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be blindsided either as a seeker where you meet this group, they seem really great. And then maybe three, four months in, you kind of have this like great connection going on. And then you realize, oh, they're transphobic or they're homophobic or they're racist or they're right. some other something that is not cool to be. And that's pretty, yeah. Uh, gross. But uh, you want to make sure you're asking these questions to know who you're with. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you are interviewing these groups just as much as they are interviewing you. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's such an important thing for seekers to know that it's not just them trying to, to figure you out. You are also trying to figure them out. So it's, it's just as much about you as it is them. So it's a give take. Absolutely. All right. So one of the other things that I wanted to ask was, tell me a little bit about the analytics for your site. You know, like how many monthly users are you getting? Are you finding that, you know, are you, are you experiencing the great Samhain seeker rush of 2022 <laughs> during the month of October? You know, have you, do you find that there are more users now than when, you know, a year ago, you know, tell me how, how's the site been doing? It actually is kind of fun to watch, watch it through the cycle of the year <laughs> because we do get more hits uh, around Samhain. Um, it's, it's really amusing to me, but, uh, yeah, we're getting like almost 10,000 users a month, which is like bigger than I had ever, ever anticipated when I started doing this. Uh, but that's basically where we're at and it just constantly is growing. So yeah, like for the past year, almost we've had about 10,000 users a month, which has been really fantastic. That's awesome. So would you say, I don't know how much you break down in the analytics in this. And I'm also, I'm also really interested in this because I do website analytics stuff for work sometimes. <laughs> um, so I break down like how many users access different web pages within the website. So do you find that you get, I'm assuming most of the hits are for the coven things, but how about like the other things that you have on your website, like, um, like your art, for example, and we should totally talk about your art by the way too yeah like most of the pages that get the most hits are just states but it's kind of weird how that happens because everything is listed by state or country or whatever you know so it's kind of crazy like i'll just get for one month it'll be all new york or it'll be all kentucky or whatever it's just it's just how it happens so i'll get the most hits that way but then occasionally something else will show up where a certain page will just come up out of the blue and, and, and hit a lot. But I do pay attention to it and watch it. And it just changes by month. But it's mostly uh, the state pages getting a lot of hits for whatever reason. And I think it's usually because somebody uh, posts it on a large social media platform, maybe for a certain state or something. And so a lot of people hit the page. Uh, I think that that's why that happens often for the art stuff. I mean, yeah. So one of the things that I came across right away was people were like, oh, how do we, can we donate a little something to you? Because what that's what Witchbox did. They allowed people to donate. And if you gave them 20 bucks or whatever for the year, they put, would put your profile up at the top, which I don't do any of that because that's, I don't want to take money for putting your profile at the top of the page. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just, 
it goes against my grain a little bit. So what I decided to do was because I am a graphic designer, I was like, well, let me uh, upload some of my art to one of these third party printer type deals. And if people want to purchase something from the site, then maybe I'll make a little bit of money from those products and I can use that money to pay for the website at the end of the year which is what I do. And it works out rather well because people get something tangible in their hands. So this isn't a money-making site by any means. Uh, I still end up paying for it at the end of the year from my own pocket, but that does alleviate some of the cost, which is great. So the way that it works is I kind of upload some of my art to one of these third-party printers and they print it direct to garment, which is great. These people are... Direct-to-garment printing today has come a long way, and, and it holds up, and it, it's beautiful. And so if you look at the, the different things that I offer, uh, it's T-shirts and mugs and, you know, typical stuff like that. But, you know, if you buy a $23 T-shirt from my site, I get maybe $2 off of that sale. Um, so at the end of the month, they send me a little check, and, and it helps pay for the website, which costs around four or $500 a year to keep running. So it does end up paying for a majority of it um, at the end of the year, as long as I keep uploading new art. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've looked through all of the different designs on here. I have a couple that I really like, so I'm going to go through them. So if anybody's interested in looking at this, you can go along with me, I say, as I scroll back up to the beginning. So <laughs> some of the ones I really like. I like the all acts of love and pleasure. The petty, which is society, that's, that's a mood. I feel like I need that on a bag. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these were suggestions from my friends. They're like, you really need to make one that says this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> There's this one that just says, keep Christ out of Yule. And like, I don't know why. That's just so funny to me. <laughs> I really I, like that one. I think I'm funnier than other people do. So <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate that you like it. Yeah, yeah. I think the Witches Against Racism is really cool with the symbols. I really like the Witchcraft Today one. That's like the red one with the girl with the sword and the yes. moon. I think that's really well. Awesome. You recognize that from one. Of I the... I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do recognize that one. I recreated that. I love that. That's so much fun. Yeah, I really like that. I like the goddess of the moon and the horn god cards. Those are cool. I like the Yule god. I feel like that also looked really cool and like a tote bag. Um, yeah, I I really like a lot of the art on here. So <laughs> I'm just saying, if you guys haven't checked it out, please do. There's some cool things on here. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so getting back to everything we talked about. So, Sai, is there anything about Mandragora Magica that we have not covered that you would like to bring up or any final words about the website? I think that the most important thing is that people recognize that this is a really cool network for people to find covens. And I think that my purpose of doing it is just for the love of the religion and of God's and I hope that other people can find the same path um, available to them as it was for me. And, and that's why I do this. That's really wholesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, okay, so one more question for you. I'm going to spring this one on you. I asked everybody at the end of the episodes, if you had one piece of advice to give to a seeker, what would it be? It doesn't have to be anything related to what we talked about today. Ask lots of questions to your potential leaders. That's some great advice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, how could people get in contact with you if they'd like to reach out? Oh, they can find me on mandragoramagica.com. Um, and that's magica is with a K, not a C. Um, and also on Facebook um, and Instagram. 
um, all of it is Mandragora Magica. So awesome. And if anybody is interested in getting in contact with me, you can find me on Twitter at Seek Witchcraft, Instagram at Seeking Witchcraft. I have a Facebook page, just Seeking Witchcraft Podcast, and there's a Facebook group called Witches Seeking Witchcraft. And if you're interested in supporting the show, you can do so on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash seeking witchcraft. And we do cool things like book clubs in there um, and little like community things on Discord. So yeah. Well, thank you again, Sai, so much for coming on. This was such a pleasure to speak with you. And I really hope that more people will utilize this resource because you did a fantastic job with the website. And next time I talk to you, I'm excited to see what your hits are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. All right. Have a good day or night or whenever you guys are listening to this. Bye.